people over the head with a lead steel pipe, also known as Jeremy Subarito. And we're recording. So, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Karate Without Belts. I'm John. I'm Jeremy. Welcome, welcome, folks. Hope everyone is doing well with the current situation and everyone's staying safe, social distancing. Jeremy, how are you handling all this? Just hanging in there. I mean, you know, one day at a time, you know, do, do what my bosses ask of me and, you know, hang out with the kids and that's about it. So there's a kind of this situation really exposes kind of people's, you know, what they can really gel together with, with their families. And, you know, some people can't exactly be with their families right now. So, you know, if you're lucky to, to work at home and, you know, be able to be with your family and really consider yourself lucky and, you know, make sure you understand not everybody can do that. Yep. On Japan, in Japan, they just declared a state of emergency. And so I think Monday will be the last day I actually go to work for a little bit, but we'll see what happens with all that. Um, on a happier note, I guess, if you're a listener and you're kind of sick of just listening to us on YouTube, uh, you have other avenues now. We're on, we have an RSS feed with SoundCloud, which connected to Google Play, which connected to Stitcher, which connected to Spotify, which connected to Cut Cult Box. I don't know, if you get like one RSS feed, apparently it connects to a bunch of different things. So if you want to listen to us on any of those, you can now. Very cool. So with with uh, quarantine, how have you been doing the quarantine training? I've kind of taken, taken it upon myself the last week or so to really go over stuff that either I really don't go over very often or don't like so that means yes i've been working with comma lately so <laughs> it's just it's it, it's it's been inter- i mean it's been interesting and you know it, it it's been fun again it, it's it hadn't been such a oh, i can't believe i'm working on that you know going through that routine but it's been fun because i've been trying to tie that into you know how do I how do I work with Sai? How do I work with Tanbo? How do I work with you know even Noon Chaku the you know the same way and stuff and you know kind of see where the similarities and differences are and stuff. So you put it, you are you putting a string on the comma and, and flinging it out and seeing what happens? Man, I'm too old to do that. No, I'm not. You're not a curious about training it. No. No, I, that I don't have that kind of room. I, no, I just—it's it, just been kind of interesting to just kind of see the ties into stuff, and especially that one where I really first off I had to relearn the kata because it was just—it it was pretty much gone. So it, it took a little—it took a day or two to relearn that, and then then go from there. But it, it's been, but like I said, it's, it's been—it's been actually fun. So. So that's cool. Now, am I, am I going to expand my study on that? Probably not a lot, but I mean, it's 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 provided me, you know, just some different insights on some stuff. So, and that's been cool. One of the most interesting insights I think I've ever heard on that on the uh, comma is that there's too much emphasis on it being a double weapon when in fact it's just a single weapon. Yeah. I think that was one of the most interesting things I'd ever heard on it. It was an old Okinawan teacher and he was straight up just said, why would anybody be doing a double kamakata? It makes no sense. 
anybody who knows like what a comma is used for, sugarcane harvesting, they're not doing it with two commas. They're doing it with one comma. So, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if you're harvesting meth or something around here, something that's just going absolutely nuts, maybe. But oh, finally, we're going to have the Cry Without Belt and Breaking Bad crossover. Nobody asked for. Well, no. I mean, with with all the all the stuff, a buddy of mine from my old days when I was working for one of the local hospitals we were talking about a time when a guy came in on meth and took one of these computer on wheels and literally twisted it up like a pretzel i mean it was just it it, it, it was almost like unbelievable i mean you, you couldn't believe somebody had that kind of strength to do that now people who work in you know law enforcement and see that kind of stuff on my regular basis you know but anyway Sorry, I didn't mean to get off track on that, but it is just kind of... That's an interesting non-sequitur. So that's a, where people need, need to be... It goes That goes into a bit of... You can't always rely... When people... We'll talk about this another day, when people rely on quote-unquote pressure point strike training and you settle. That's not always going to work for X and X number of reasons, but... No, no, no I mean, yeah, that... that we'll talk that, about that another day. Well, yeah, but I mean... I mean, I got to go with my my favorite quote from a Clint Eastwood movie, you know, improvise, overcome, and adapt. You know, this don't work. You better improvise, overcome, and adapt. So it's kind of, so anyway. That guy did. He made a pretzel out of a computer. What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. What are you going to do? Come on. Make a hamburger, make a hamburger out, of a, out of a router. Go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so. With my training lately has been, it's actually been really good this week has been, um, I'll probably throw, throw a picture of this up on the Twitter or uh, the Facebook, but I believe I talked about this maybe a, a, a couple weeks ago was I was in, I was in our Nishimura and I walked by what was effectively like a gas mask filter and I'm okay. 25 bucks and it was like, Nah, I don't feel like spending twenty five bucks on that. You know, something that may that may or may not be you know essential in, the, in this current time. Then I walked by a sledgehammer. I was like, you know what? I wanted that for a year. How much is it? Thirty five bucks sold. So, um, shows where my priorities were. But I've been able to adapt this using some Kobodo techniques. Been able to adapt it into a decent workout, and just been working on using different parts of Kobodo kata and Kobodo motions to just focus on like upper body work because it's something I haven't really worked on probably in a decent three or four months because I was focusing so much on running and you know that kind of went the way it was because of all of this but um, I think that's where we're going to kind of hopefully segue into our topic for the day. Yeah, not not from my previous discussion, no. So that's kind of. Look, we're gonna take the meth, the meth on pretzel, the, the pretzels on meth podcast to a different different level at some point. But until we get to that episode today, we will talk about weapons, weapons and ancillary not ancillary training. What would be the best way to, to talk about this kind of training? Not necessarily weapons training, but. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, as we kind of discussed, I, I think probably the best way to kind of frame it up would be um, 
the differences between you know weights balances of weapons and stuff right and, and when to use what and things like that and what the benefits are for both you know on on different scales so yeah so we can get in we can get into this i think we'll get into it from a culminal perspective and then maybe branch, right. branch out from there is that you know karate in karate generally there is a, is is very and it's in it of itself generally has no equipment needed it's just nothing you need you need you really need for it people like having uniforms people like having gear and stuff but generally you know as long as you have you know the knowledge of it you really don't need to have any equipment supposedly when it comes to actually you know doing any sort of weapons training you need the weapon so i guess we can kind of start from you know where everyone starts with is bow yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, not not everybody. I would say probably kind of a guideline. I, I think is probably used more often than not. Is you know one weapon, two hands. You know, bow, Joe, nunchaku. Probably not not normally aku or nunte bow or something like that. Those are that's, specialty. Yeah, that's. I mean. Even trying to find a Nunte bow anymore is quite the challenge, but... Um, it's expensive one, man. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I mean, that's kind of kind of where a lot of people begin and stuff. And I, I think that's good because you kind of get used to your body moving with another object. Right. And there's, there has been the, I guess I want to put it this way, where... If you can figure out the dimensions of the length in which you're striking, the length which you're using the bow or using a Joe or even less more dangerously so than a Chunku, I guess the bow can just be as dangerous. Uh, then you can kind of figure out, you know, get a decent spatial awareness for where you are. But then I guess the question is, what kind of what kind of bow do you start people with, and what kind of bow should you be using? Because you know, well, with the advent of you know, mass marketing, mass marketing of martial arts and all that stuff, you know, vis-a-vis, you know, century and whatnot. Uh, there's, a, you know, been a lot of interesting bows to be produced. True. This is definitely true. Now, this would be probably my... I would, I would start off, what, what is, what's your purpose and what you're going to be doing? Are you actually learning how to move with the weapon or are you learning to strike and def literally defend with the weapon? I, I think if it's the latter, I, I use anytime, anytime I'm doing like a lot of striking things like that with a bow or something like that, I want a rattan bow. I mean, just good, solid, sturdy you know something that's not overly heavy but just something i mean usually fairly light but yeah it, it, it just makes sense to use that but if you're learning how to use the actual bow itself i mean learn how to move how 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 to actually do the stuff working more towards the kata side of the stuff um Personally, I, I think having something like a bow that's tapered on the ends a little bit, um, there are certain specifics for, 
for like what you and I use, but you know, other people are a little different. I, um, but as far as weight and stuff, I mean, it definitely depends on, on the person. Definitely. But you also don't want a toothpick either that you're just spinning around like a pinwheel either. So it's kind of, I think, I think no one's going to get any sympathy from us from me. They say, I want to twirl it around really fast, like in a tournament or whatever, where we, I don't support that guy, that, that view of training at all. Well, uh, you know, I, I look at it like this. If that's what you want to do, cool. That's not what, I mean, as far as what I teach and how I train and how I work with people, that's not what I teach. I mean, it's not how I train, so. And that's not uh, what I've learned. I, yeah. Yeah, and, and so I think most people who come from a traditional vein would say, nah, that's, because at the end of the day, what is that doing? Like yeah. maybe, maybe you could use it to defend yourself, I guess, but if it's no. like gonna fall apart like fossil wood, like Well, I mean I mean my favorite are the ones that are fiberglass and light up and all that kind of stuff. Those are those they're fun. I, I will say they're they're interesting, they're fun and um they they're great things for fourth of July, but that's about it. But yeah, I, don't know if that's, I mean that's is my my take on it but um i think the bow can if you're because the other side of this is what we've seen in recent years now you you have a longer memory than i do on all this uh you know when i started first started really working with Colado, there is this like massive push for heavy exotic wood weapons that ended up like 60 to 100 dollars not saying these things are bad and we're going to get weapon quality, but like it, it's just the weird, you know, one side is is very much, yeah, get this, you know, flashy bow or whatever. And then like the more quote unquote serious traditionalists are like, you need the most exotic South American wood you can find that's as dense and heavy you can withstand a bullet, which is almost nonsense to think about it now when I, when I heard this. So it's, it's just kind of like you have these like two opposing sides where you know obviously one is one is clearly for, clearly for tournaments i feel like traditional people were kind of sold on this idea that the heavy weapons like heavy bows and stuff like that are important i i, I think i think there's there's definitely some merit to it yeah because i but not just heavy what i like i mean now am i guilty of of said doing so yes i I I am. I've I've got a collection of weapons in a wood called Mordio. Um and it's it's about as dense as Coca Bola. Not quite, but almost. I I just like it because I, I just like the feel of it. I like I just that's just me. I just like it. But when I went to go have my have my bow custom made in that one of the main things was was balance yeah i mean i wanted it balanced in a, a specific way i wanted it balanced basically dead on so that i mean even though it it's it's quite a bit heavier than than my other bow but but yeah i mean it's still balanced so therefore the thing about it is is with it 
with that extra weight on it, I can't really. One of the things I've I've learned with the heavier weapons is can't I can't cheat on the techniques. I have to make it move the way the technique is supposed to move. Period. I if I I I, I did that with. Actually, I did that with my Joe that was made out of that and uh, really messed up my shoulder for a good long time. It was a long time to heal. And, and that, that get, brings up the question then, is this view of having heavier Colbidol, having heavier stuff like Joe's and Bo's, um, Tombow and you know, whatever kind of wooden yeah. weapons, making them as, as heavier workout tools rather than technique practice tools is this actually more of hin- more hindering training or making things worse or is it making things better see i i, I maybe i'm old school i i do think it is better in 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 that aspect because like i said you're you're actually making that you're practicing to get that that technique down the way it's supposed to be done period i look i look at the different different kinds of side that i've got i've got one that's significantly heavier than the other one i i I have to do the technique correctly i cannot i cannot cheat on it otherwise i usually end up dropping it if i don't do the technique correct because it's it's that heavy on me or heavy for me i mean if, if i'm playing i can't play around with those at all i have to do it a specific way and, and i think in that aspect it's good because the other thing that i found especially if they're i i, I add on that they're balanced right rather than being made to be heavy to be heavy right because like if i pick up oh geez if I pick up another, like, let's say, just go back to the bow. Right. I mean, with working with the bows that I've got, um, but both of them are very bad, or the two that I mainly work with are very, I mean, are extremely balanced. Almost about, for me, they're about as good as it gets. If I pick up another bow, whether it's a rattan bow or some, just a, or a stick, I can find the balance on it very very quickly and and i can adjust it to however i work a technique maybe maybe my hands are slid just a little bit more this way or that way or or whatever but i'll I'll make it work however however i need to yeah and so with that though we does that means that there's a finesse that there's finesse training that you can do with the supposed like normal weapons or lighter weapons right or mm-hmm. even experimental training trying out and trying out a movement but when you're actually doing it more for keeps as it were that's where the heavier weapons make more sense in that re- in that regard right absolutely absolutely or at least I th- I think so. I mean, somebody else may have a different viewpoint on it, but I mean that seemed to work best for me over the years. So. Well, and then so does that. And so let's get into a little bit on like strength training, right? So okay. a lot of a lot of people. Some people would say it is the 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 card. One of the cardinal sins of karate training has been there has been less focus on actual fit. And this depends on where you are, but and who you're training with. But a lot of people think you just do karate, you're strong enough to, you know, you don't need to be stronger. You don't need to, to do any sort of real like calisthenic training or bodyweight training or even weight training 
to build up your body, all you need is karate. All you need is the forearms and the exercises, and you know, you'll be built up just fine enough. Is the weapon, do you feel like the weapons training, especially with the kind of more modified, heavier weapons, you know, made from, you know, these high, these heavier woods, kind of addresses that in a, in a better way than just, I don't know, the regular weapons or the rattan weapons or stuff like that? It's definitely a good question. One I've really never really thought about, to be perfectly honest, but I, I, I do I do think you do get some benefits from that if you want to continue to do you know, supplemental training, whether it's extra cardio, extra strength training, you know, weights, whatever, uh, isometrics, you know, I mean, that's, I think that's up to each individual. And I, and I think it goes back to something we've talked about, you know, in the past, what is your goal out of your training? What do you, what do you want to accomplish? Out of it? Well, and I think, I think where this goes to though is, not to counter that point at all, but yeah. is is more you know the ex- assumption that I do kata, I do karate, I do kobodo, ergo, I don't need these other forms of training. That this form of training is good enough, right? So, I, so. I, 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 I would say is it good enough? Yes, but. I don't think you can rely on the same same thing Sorry, apparently a, a 747 jet is flying over my house. Oh wow, that's cool. I think uh, I don't think so. Um, probably some 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 base guys are are getting a little too antsy, and so they were like, "Well, if we can't get out of quarantine one way, we'll get out another." I haven't really seen that yet, but. I'm looking forward to when that happens. Um, so, sorry, could you repeat your point? I, I mean, no, I got you. I mean, is it good enough? Yes, but you. I, I don't think. I don't think you can do the same thing, the same speed, the same this, same that every day, day in, day out. Right. I mean, you've got to look at it from an an, a little bit of an analytical perspective, and sometimes you know changing things up. Is good to increase your cardio, you know, capabilities and things like that while you're doing this. I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, you can also do katas isometrically, and I mean, if you've never, if you've never done a bow kata isometrically, um, and you want a really intense strength workout, isometrics, isometrics with a heavy bow. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Probably light bow. <laughs> Otherwise, you might pass out. No, yeah. I mean it's yeah. It's I've I've done that a handful of times. That's pretty intense. That or or working with the Subarito, you know, doing That's that isometric, doing that isometrically. Man, yeah, that'll 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 burn your arms. The so this has been this is that's is. This is something that I think is, it's not unique to how we were trained, but it is something that I don't see other karate people do. And it's not something I've seen, at least where I've seen kendo, it being done. Uh, You're the one who actually introduced this training to me. So uh, how about you talk about Subarito a little bit? Because I think that's, uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting topic because it kind of crosses it shows the cross training that that already exists in our in some karate. Um, yeah. 
But just for those who are not in the know, what's a soup burrito? Is um, it a burrito that is so good you have to put a soup before? <laughs> Yeah, it's a super burrito. I mean, we used to joke about it, and it's like, let's do super burrito training. No, a super burrito is basically a heavy wooden sword. It's not a boken. It's it's larger than a boken is. She and I. Yeah, and basically, what's interesting is group around here. What we've done is usually we'll have one made where. Somebody goes in and cuts holes in the end of it and usually fills it with lead. So, like, like usually so there's several people who are gunsmiths and things like that, and they'll, they'll take shot lead, melt it down, and put it in there. And therefore, I mean, it, it, trust me, it, it, you want some heavy training, that'll do it. Um, I, I do have a buddy of mine who his has got lead all the way down it. So it, it's, I, I don't, I don't know how he, I, I've picked it up a couple times. I've, he's let me try to do just basic strikes and I can do about maybe, maybe 10 and that's about it. <laughs> it's, it, it's pretty intense, but what, what you're really doing is really working on your technique, not only from a weapon standpoint, but also from an empty hand standpoint. And you're like, how are you doing that? And it, I mean, the best way to do it is you just gotta go through training. I mean, that's that's the main thing of it. I mean, there's in in the exercise that I learned with it. There's a total of it's a 12, 12 strike combination basically, and and it, it basically it covers just basic strikes. And if you look at how our weapons are set up. All of them have those movements in almost all the weapons. So a lot of times it's really good to do that to begin with before you even start on bow, joe, nunchaku, sai, tonfakama, aku, whatever else you're going to pick up. Right. So I, I I think that fairly well explained it. I mean, that's... No, but, I mean, that's... It's not that's not training that I think is very popular to many karate styles or or many people who've experienced. But I've never seen a suyurito in an Okinawan dojo. That doesn't mean they don't exist. I personally have never seen them, but I've never seen them like they're not popularly used. Like a good example is like what's one of the most popular styles of karate is like kyokushinkan, and the yeah. kyokushinkan people are just like. Uh-uh. We ain't using it. like Kobo don't exist. Like they might import it from somewhere, but they, you know, with all for all of the you know heavy calisthenic work they do, all the heavy you know kumite stuff they do, they do not touch the weapons at all. So, but and just to think of like you that Kyochin guys doing that, that would probably make their striking a lot harder. No, I, I I get it. I mean, I mean, some of the other things that it helps out with is basic footwork and things like that, and just gets you used to having something in your hands while you're moving. So, I mean, and you you can relate that to whether it's a weapon or somebody's arm or you know or whatever. So it 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 just kind of get. It's just a real basic, fundamental uh, exercise that's really good. I mean, and I'll be perfectly honest, I try to 
I try to do that exercise at least once or twice a week. So even to this day, and it's 30, 30 years later, you know, I still try to do that. So could you, you know, could this exercise just be done with a basic bow Oh, sure. Sure. I mean, you can do it with a Joe too. I mean, it's not, I mean, the main thing is, is to get everything lined up. And I, I think that's, you know, going into a little bit of our earlier conversation, I think that sets a foundation to, to show what balance is. Right. Or, or be able to feel balance with, with an object or a weapon and things like that. So, so do you think object balance, kind of no matter what the weapon is, like we could take somebody who has never picked up a weapon and, for example, give them one of the more unpopular weapons, Tongfa, and because that there's not if there's a weapon that requires hand balance, as it were, mm-hmm. you know, that one that one's kind of in particular. I've seen some interesting kind of uh, like I guess the best way to put it is like fat tongue Tongfa. Where the ends, where the ends of the tonfa are not tapered off, but in fact made wider. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's that's another weapon that's not one of my one of my go to or one that I practice on a regular basis. But the one thing I will say, this has been my experience with somebody else, totally different. It it seems like to me the heavier the tonfa, the better balanced it seems they are. And the better I'm able to work with them. Um, do you think that a, that a good example would be like the spin the spins people tend to like to do with the tonfa? Well, I mean, w- whenever you you are doing the spins with the tonfa, I mean, you're definitely more in control with one that's heavier than than one that's lighter. I mean, it seems like it just kind of goes all over the place if it's lighter. If it's heavier, I've got a lot more control with it. So either that or I'm scared to death it's gonna fly out of my hand. I don't know one or two, but either way it seems like I got more control over one that's heavier. Yeah, that's I would agree with that. Although I'm not really sure if the the if the interesting strategy of having like the like the, the fat tongue ones are, are more like just smash, 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 smash rather than like the supposed finesse that we we've been taught with the Tonfa is kind of like Getting in and hooking and stuff like that, which honestly, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm probably the last one to speak on it, but I mean, other than other than that, that that just seems that nunchaku. I'll be perfectly honest. If I've got a heavier set of nunchaku, it seems to I I've got a lot more control over it. Every time I've either hit myself in the head or wherever else, it's been with a pair of nunchaku that's been a lot lighter you know it's like i just don't have the control over them well and there's i am a good friend of ours steve has a birth i think for his birthday present or christmas present one year gave me possibly one of the heaviest pair of nunchaku i've ever had and uh, i haven't turned back i haven't like i got up i had to get a pair when i initially came to japan i couldn't get that i couldn't bring that pair over with me so I got, you know, kind of a stock pair. And what was interesting is I experienced kind of the same issue you had. They were, like, super light and, and you know, kind of hard to control. And I remember I was at the gym. And I was just like, well, we'll see if they freak out over me pulling out nunchaku. No one kind of, you know, it was in a big open room. It had a bunch of mirrors. You know, it didn't really seem like a big deal. But, but pull out the nunchaku, start doing some nunchaku kata. It's maybe the third, fourth time I've been using this nunchaku, and kaboom. 
the nunchaku was so loosely laced and kind of the strikes that we do with it are kind of like kind of tight comeback, right? Right. Uh, to the point where the end of the nunchaku just flew against the mirror. Thankfully, didn't break it or crack it or anything else. Yeah. And I just picked it up and I'm like, and we're done. Yeah, we're, we're done with that. Yeah. Thank you, tip your waitress. I'm out of here. No, I gotcha. No, that's... Yeah, I've... It, 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 I mean, that that and Tonfa, I would say probably the heavier ones seem to really, really be more under control than if I've got a light pair. It just doesn't seem like they're balanced at all. You know, I'm looking over at my wall. I've, I've still got my uh, pair of Shredo, uh, Nunchuck, who I bought geez, how long ago? 20, 28 years ago. Yeah. So it's 28, 29 years ago. So, I mean, I, I, I mean, I still, when I work with Nunchuck, I still work with those. I mean, that's, those are the ones I work with. But, you know, after 29 years, I've kind of gotten used to them too. So go right. fake. Do you feel using these weapons kind of in, inherently builds the kind of strength that you're looking for as a martial artist? Or do you feel there might be a, there might be an incidental hindrance when using them? I have my own thoughts on this, but I, I don't know. I mean, it, I mean, I I could be wrong. I mean, I I feel like I feel like I build quite a bit of strength just using just just the weapons alone. Um, spe- especially if I'm doing Subarito training, if I'm doing that. I'd say that and Psy, that and Psy work mostly with those those two alone definitely i mean because i i can definitely feel if i haven't worked with my side in a week or so my forearms just don't feel tight but whenever i've worked with my with a with a work with the side it feels like my forearms just get tighter and tighter and tighter same way with like my shoulders with the subrito it just seems like my shoulders are definitely stronger my arms seem to be i, I wouldn't say bigger but it just just seems my stamina with that is much much greater so it, it builds the muscles in a in a different way i feel and i think that's that's where the, the the great quality of it is where even if it's not super heavy they like sai is a great example a couple of years back you know i had friends who were they were kind of going bananas over like these like heavy sai people were creating which yeah. i feel might have their uses in in some instances but don't exactly work with other techniques yeah I, it depends on your strategy i feel like it's it's the, definitely the make of the weapon also really counts which goes back to what you're talking about balance yeah i it i'll i'll never forget what was it um we we were we were at some some camp together and somebody brought up a pair of side to me they wanted me to take a look at it and i mean i, I will say this i mean they were very pretty they were i mean they're they they're really nice yeah. until until i actually put my hands on them and i'm like I, I mean i literally did one strike with them i handed them back to the person and they're like well what, what's up and i'm like these things are not balanced worth a damn i mean so, sorry i don't even say that but i mean it was just it, it just was flat out not balanced and i'm i mean it, it, it was so off. I mean, even a cheap 
pair of Century Psy, and, and I'm not knocking those. Those are great training tools, and that's why I learned on. But proper ba- sometimes the proper balance isn't quite there. It's not bad, but it's not quite there. No, right. I mean you're talking you're talking the difference between you know a thirty dollar pair of Psy between and a three or four hundred dollar pair of Psy. You know, it, it's different. You know, it's kind kind of like. You know, if you're buying a 1985 Honda Civic as opposed to a, you know, 2020 Lamborghini, you know, it's, kind of, it's going to be balanced a little bit different. It, it, and, and it is, but I mean, I, I felt bad for the guy because the guy paid almost 200 bucks for the Psy. I think it was more. I think it was getting closer up to like three. It, my, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm, um, I mean, don't, I mean, I mean, they they were cool. I mean, they were neat, but they weren't balanced. And what was interesting is afterwards, somehow I got on an email chat with with the guy who made them, and I I told him, I'm like, look, your balance on these are off. I mean, you can't do certain techniques if you've got the balance where they're at. It it just won't work. Period. Right. It won't right. I mean, and then you're going to force it, and then. I mean, you know as well as I do, you force a technique, you're asking for trouble one way or another. And especially if you're doing it with these like heavy we- with these heavy weapons and stuff like that. And this is where the danger is, where mm-hmm. you're, you don't understand. Like if you're like, heavy weapon training, here we go. And even if you don't have the stamina to do that kind of heavy weapon training, you shouldn't be, you know, running into it and running after it like a like a moron you know <laughs> like yeah i mean it, there's it, gotta be a, like weight training there needs to be a progression because it's essentially what it is yeah I, I i i do agree with that i i think you know i i think balance is probably the most important right know where your balance is with the weapon things like that and then from there you can you can you know, adjust whatever weight you want. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've got, I've got a, I'd say a medium, medium weight sigh, and then I've got a heavy sigh that I, that I work with. Um, the, the one thing I, I mean, I like the heavy sigh to a point, but there's part, there's part of it that because my hands are so big, it part of it will start digging into my hand a little bit and i'm just like "Ah, ah." i can work with it for a little bit but i can't work with it for a long period of time it just drives me nuts so i mean i'll work with it for a couple times and then i'll go back to the medium side and i'll see if something's changed or if i'm doing something not quite right so it kind of helps me keep on balance on those medium side that i'm doing my techniques right so that's kind of the main thing you, gotta, you have to also balance the weapon to the person because if it doesn't fit you it's probably not a good idea to be working with that weapon for too long so right but that doesn't mean you people need to be smart about this and not be spending five seven a thousand dollars on bespoke custom weapons bad is not to say that they, these are bad weapons or anything but it, yeah, i've seen some people just go crazy spending on like these weapons for you know they don't necessarily like they just maybe started a weapon and you know they were sold this and it's like they don't need this right this big heavy weapon right now they need to actually learn how to use the weapon and then maybe you know down the line go 
get that. But right, I mean, it, it it's been interesting. I mean, in the past, I mean, I've had had different instructors just just literally pick it just pick up different weapons that i've got i mean specifically bow uh psi manji psi things like that because i mean i've got several pair of psi and most of them are almost most of them are very very closely bound i mean they're very close and so a lot of times somebody will pick those up like wow okay i I actually, you know, I remember at one of the summer camps that we went to, one of the guys was just picking up a stick, and he, I mean, pretty much just picked up a stick like a broom handle, and was working with with uh, I think one of the bocas and stuff, and, and he goes, "Oh, it's just a stick," and I'm like, "No, no, 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 no! You you need to understand, it's not just a stick. It, there there's a little more to it." And I said, "Come with me." And so I'm like, "Okay, this is what you're using." He goes, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Okay, now here's something that's balanced. Feel the difference." And I mean, the guy was just like, it, it was almost like his mouth was watering. You know, I mean, like, I mean, literally, he was like, "Wow." He goes, I never knew there was that big of a diff. I mean, he could feel it. And, and you know, on a good weapon, you will feel it. It's not a stick. It's, it's right. a weapon. And, there's, and that kind of finesse is not something... Like it's understood by arts that are very, like... Like, a good example is, like, Aijutsu or Kenjutsu. Those guys understand, like, sword, like sword is made a particular way. It's... Crafted yeah. a particular way, it's taken care of in a particular way, it's stored in a particular way, and kind of, you know, what makes it like, you know, it's kind of the nice, refined uh, metropolitan versus the, you know, like, to, you know, farmer guy. Hey, look, I got a stick with a pitchfork on it. Like, you know, like, it, it's, it's, it almost feels like the two, like the two mentalities don't exactly go well together. Right. Um, so it's why when you have those guys coming over into um, karate, they just don't understand what like the mentality. But at the same time, karate guys need to kind of understand you need to take care of your weapons the same way those guys take care of their their swords. Right. Absolutely. It's yeah. not I mean, just it's, stick. No, yeah. And I mean, if if you just want to learn something and just want to learn just the basics of something and don't want to progress any further, fine. No, yeah. you know, Cool, get it. I mean, I, I'll I'll be perfectly honest. My my comma is in that category, so it's it's I that's one of the few weapons I've never gotten specially made. But maybe I'd appreciate it more if I did. I don't know, but well, probably still not. And it's also a matter of like, unlike sword, we can actually use those weapons get those weapons for relatively cheaper and a lot there's a lot less that has to go into actually making them right. to actually usable and learn them and stuff like that um, right. as opposed to other arts where you know you need the quality of something in order to use it so you know i, I don't have any sort of uh hate towards that or anything but you know i I feel there's a there's a there's a decent balance that needs to be strict 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 between oh it's just something disposable as opposed to something that you know you have to spend you know ends up being a five hundred dollar sunk cost every year or something mm -hmm. so yeah um, cool 
I'm I'm glad I bought bought all this stuff a long time ago before inflation is hit. So, so I'm thankful for that. So, but yeah, and there's some great weapons makers out there. There's some oh yeah, yeah there's some really great weapons makers out there. None of which we're going to plug on the show right now. You know, my advice to people is just know what you know what you need. Uh, don't go rushing off to buy something you don't need, and and you know understand. You know, if you're going to blow money on not blow money, but if you're going to spend money in that regard, know what you actually want, know what you're actually going to be using it for. Don't buy it and then like not use it. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've, I've got one new table that I've got that it's it's the one i really don't use but i but whenever i teach somebody i i do have them use it just because i had it set up a certain way to where they can it it, it makes it easy for them to see where the times are or feel where the times are going to be at and then that, that's the only reason why i do that so and personally i'll, I'll tell you this i it's also this. It's it's very pretty, but yeah. I really hate it. I really hate it. I hate working with it, but it it does. I mean, I will go and work with it a little bit. Like if like if I'm working with it and I like my other ones and my times just seem like they're off quite a bit. I'll I'll go back and work with it just a little bit. Ah, okay, this is what I'm doing wrong, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll get the feel down to where it's like okay. I gotta go back and do this, this, and this. So, but so that's that's just one of them. So cool, cool. Anything, anything you want to say in closing on on this topic, or I, I guess the thing the thing of it is is you know heavy's good, but you know too much of a good thing is not always good. I mean, I, I've watched people buy weapons that were way too heavy for them, and it, it would literally almost strain their muscles to the point where they they couldn't do anything with it so know where that happy medium is i mean put don't you know push yourself a little bit but don't push it to the point of potential injury or complete muscle fatigue or just exhaustion i mean i mean that's the best that's the best thing i can think of about it so yeah it's it's understanding that also if you're using kind of a regular weighted weapon at a regular, you know, at regular speeds and stuff like that. And if you can make a kata work or make movements work regularly, then you can start using heavier stuff. But like weight training, you have to build up to those points. And and sometimes if you're using a weighted weapon, sometimes your movements are going to be a little bit slower. It, it just, they are, but make sure they're correct. Yeah, and it's not, not about being fast. No, and and I think that's where some people get a misnomer on it. It's like, oh, I, I can work just as fast with these. Well, maybe not. Well, that's that. What is it? A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how I mentioned something along the line of like the Okonokatas feel longer than the regular than regular empty hand katas. And like, eh, yeah, it's because also I was doing two nunchaku katas on a heavy nunchaku. Yeah, cool. So, Jeremy, what do you? What do you think you're going to be working on as our uh, world changes to being more stay-at-home? More comma? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it, it's been, like I said, it's, it's, it's actually been a pleasant, you know, training experience. Again, I, I can't remember the last time it was. It had been at least 20, 25 years ago. Yeah, I'll definitely be working more of that. Um, 
for some reason, there have just been a couple katas that have just really stuck out in my mind that I really need to work on um, this week. Just empty hands. So um, mainly Pasai and Nisei Shi. And it just, just seems like it's been a little little bit longer for me to really work with those. And I really need to get back on those for some reason. Just something's, something's just kind of itch in that direction. So usually whenever something itches that direction, I'll just kind of, okay, time to let's see what, what's, what's going on there. See what, what I'm supposed to be getting out of that. So I, I feel you on the Pasai Nisei Shi bit on that. Uh, I felt like, but one thing I'm slowly looking at, and I can only be done slowly, I can't do it quickly, is look, is trying to kind of look at the hard wiring between left and right side of, mm-hmm. of, of Kata and stuff like that. That's kind of what people say all the time. Not always really done is like, you know, do Kata left side and then do Kata right side the same way. And so just trying to look at, Mo- do the same motions on both sides and kind of looking at that hard wiring that gets put into you when you do a kata only a certain way for as long as you do. So slowly working on that. No, that's cool. Cool. Well, folks, uh, thanks for listening. Remember, we we are a little more out there in the world in terms of podcasting uh, in terms of being able to be able to be listened to in different places. So hopefully you're picking this up somewhere good. And we hope wherever you are, please stay safe and don't forget to keep training.